Sports Matters. I am your host, Kevin Drake, on this chilly, chilly Tuesday morning here. And your other host, Mr. Matt Burt. Good morning. Good morning. How are you doing? I can't complain, as always. That's good. Well, we have a very special returning guest because we haven't talked much hockey this year. Now that hockey's kind of gotten into full swing, I want to reintroduce to the show our Ducks number one fan, Mr. Mark Dean. Great to have you. Thanks, Kevin and Matt. Great to be on again. Glad to talk about the Ducks. Oh, Big man. year for us this year. Very excited. It is. You know, You know. one thing I noticed like when I went to the game you know, earlier, thank you for that, but uh, they, they're very exciting to watch this year. I know the results haven't been as good, but, but they've been very exciting to watch. What, what has been the difference in, from years past? Well, I think they've, they've changed their style. Obviously, they have a new coach in Dallas Eakins, who I thought that Bob Murray is very smart for bringing this guy up from the goals. Uh, he's been with the young guys down there for a couple of years, and he's ready to have a second opportunity at the NHL. He's changed his philosophy. He's not an old-school guy. He's a new-school guy, and he's more collaborative with the young players. And uh, They're a very young team, and you're right. They're playing the new NHL style. They're very up-tempo. They're fun to watch. And uh, even though the results haven't quite been where I'm sure that Bob Murray wants them to be, they're still a great team. Out of all these young players, who is uh, the one that you got your eye on? Oof. I don't know if I can narrow it down to one guy. Uh, I can probably narrow it down to four or five. I, I love this Max Comtois from Canada. He's uh, he had a great career, and he's been back and forth. But he's he'll be uh, 20 years old on January 8th, and that kid is big, 6'2", 215. He can play. I really like Tori Terry. I like Sam Steele. Um, even though he's been back and forth, I really like uh, Joan, Max Jones. Their young core is going to be unbelievable. And I, and I guess I would include Andre Kashi in there. He's been hurt quite a bit this year. Hasn't put up the numbers he put up last year, but he's still very young. So the future for the Ducks is extremely, extremely good. I also love Carter Rowney. Their young players are, are fun, and they play hard every night. You know, that probably explains some of their offensive woes. I know they're not that great offensively yet, and I think that's due to all the youth that they have. Yeah, but, but I, I agree. agree. But I agree with you about them making decisions on this head coach because I, I did some research on him. Yeah, you're right. He spent four seasons with the goals. I know he had a stint with the Edmonton Oilers. Now it's from 13 to 15, right. but the game has changed even from then. And, yeah. and so you're right. He's familiar with all these young guys. And I noticed they just actually brought it back up a couple of guys. Uh, was it Sam Carrick and Jake yeah. Larson? Yeah, Sam Herrick's back up, yeah. Herrick? Pronounce it Herrick? Yeah. Okay. Carrick. Yeah. Yeah. So that's good. Yeah. Too. I think if you look at the Ducks, I think the biggest situation for them is you look, surprisingly, or it shouldn't be, but Ryan Getzloff is their leading scorer with 25 points. You know, he's got 10 goals, which I think is, could be more goals than he had last year. And then you've got um, Derek Grant, surprisingly, fourth-line center with nine goals. Uh, then you've got the guys you suspect should be up there, Silverberg, Henrique with nine, and Raquel with nine goals. So those are leading scorers. But you look at the young guys, they've all got two, three goals. So their ability to mature, to be day-to-day players in this league, to be 20-goal scorers, that's going to make the difference for the Ducks down the road when they get those guys up to speed, which will it be by the end of this year? Probably yes. Yes, they do play fast. They are very exciting. That's that's the thing that I noticed when I was there. It's just, like you said, it's all this youthful, this energy, but it's just a matter, I guess, learning technique and learning to work together to be able to generate goals. Yeah, I agree. But that's exactly it. They have to close around the net. They're close. Um, they're going to get closer as they get more experience every night. You know, when they went into this season, Kevin, um, Bob Maria said that this was going to be a retooling, not a rebuilding. And I kind of agree with him. I think his goal was to um, see if the Ducks could sneak into that second wild card playoff spot. 
the number eight spot. And today they're way out. Unfortunately, if you look at the Western Conference standings, the Ducks and the Kings are tied for second to the bottom with 32 <laughs> points. And uh, not surprisingly, the Blackhawks are down uh, in the last team in the Western Conference with 31 points. So that's that's not very good for where they wanted to be. But it's early in the season, I think that you know they begin a rough road trip tonight, Philly, then they move on to New Jersey, then the Islanders and the Rangers. So these four games before Christmas, I think, are critical to their ability to possibly sneak back in that hunt for that last wild card spot. I mean, I think they need to get six out of eight points in this trip. What do you think? I, I couldn't agree with you more. You know, getting six out of eight points. On, on the flip side of this, going on the road, they're together, they develop this camaraderie, yeah. and it's it's them against the world, and you know, hopefully they can they can do that. Or, or if anything, at least push these games into overtime <laughs> you still get a point yeah. for overtime loss you know <laughs> yeah yeah that's the bottom line they need points you know i think the thing if you look at each one of their games with the exception of a few games against the, the jets and the first game against the capitals they've been competitive every night the games have been close uh typically one goal games and again the thing is they haven't not been able to score so if you look at this or the standings today the last playoff spot would be 40 points and that's calgary so we're at 32 so we're eight points behind so we have quite a bit of space to make up can we do it yeah it's early in the season so again it's going to come back to that young core being able to get the confidence day in day out to score around the net if those kids start to score the ducks could make a run and they could grab that last spot the one thing that i do like is that the goal differential is is not as bad as i thought you know for a team that is you know second to last in the pacific their goal division and uh differential being minus 10 as opposed to being minus 21 for Los Angeles and minus 26. That's something that you have to look at because that's, you know, a big stat um, when it comes to these games. I think that they're better than the record indicates. Um, I just think at the end of the day, they're just not finishing those shots, and you kind of touched on that. But uh, what do you think the offense should turn around? What, when, when do you think we should see should it be on this road trip? When do you think it should turn around? Because I know last year the Blues, they didn't get hot until January, and then look what happened yeah. with them. Yeah, I agree, Matt. Um, that's a great question, and I would kind of tend to say, hey, right around the All-Star break, it, it better start to come together for them. You know, My biggest concern is that I think we have the roster of the future, um, and I I would hope that Bob Murray can be patient. I know that sometimes he's not patient because Bob wants to win now. He doesn't like to wait. I wouldn't hope that we did not deal away any of our key assets for a short-term future because I think the long-term viability of the team is good. Um, I think we should talk a little bit about our blue line play. Um, so I think part of that is that you know we're, we're short on that end. You know Our cupboard was full a couple of years ago. We had so much defensemen that we, we gave a lot of them away. And then all of a sudden, that component of the team became more of a liability coming into the season. We only had three really veteran back there, if you can call Manson a veteran and um, been home a veteran, a veteran at their ages. But, you know, you've got Fowler also, so you've got three guys. And Fowler's the oldest one, I think, at 28 right now. And then you've got a bunch of young guys. So, um, you know, it was interesting going back to the Ducks draft this season. They had two picks in the first round, and uh, those two picks were, were center, which they're weak in center if you look at Getzloff's age and how long they'll keep him around after his contract's up after next season. And then they got a winger in, in uh, Braden Tracy. So um, I do think that, you know, Bob almost made a deal for the defenseman in Carolina, which he would have had to spend a lot of cap money, which would have probably long-term hindered the team. So they need to be patient and uh, have those guys develop on the on the blue line. I think that's going to be the key. Obviously, you guys think, but I think we if we don't have the best goal in the league, he's he's top three in John Gibson. Oh, he's oh, he's, he's been fantastic. Yeah. Oh my gosh, he's saved us so many times this season. 
He has. You know, to touch on that, I, I know Bob wants to win now, and it's so hard, you know, especially in this day and age, when everybody, you know, instant gratification, you know, we're ready for a winner now. We need this now. We make changes, and they want instant results. But I agree with you. I think he should be a little bit impatient because there's a good core, and there's something good brewing here. Yeah. And the fact that you promoted the the coach that who coached the goals for the last four years, and he had a lot of success down there. I mean, they went deep in the playoffs for three of the four years that he was down there. He's got a good grasp, and he's also got a good grasp on the uh, this, this youth movement, if you will, uh, with, oh, yeah. the, with the Anaheim Ducks. Yeah, he connects with the players. So, so Matt, to go back and circle back about your question about the scoring and gelling, I, I think the one move that the Ducks have in their back pocket that they might make, although it's not Bob Murray's thing to bring kids up too fast, is that those two first-round draft picks, Trevor Zegras and uh, Brayden, uh, Braden Tracy, you know, they're both 18 years old. Uh, uh, Trevor played in the uh, same league that Jack Hughes played in. He was number two in scoring behind Hughes, and uh, Tracy's up in the WHL. So those two guys are scorers, and um, they both express interest that by the end of the season they want to be on the roster. So if they're playing well and he sees that they can come up and assist the team, would he bring them up? He might bring them up. You know, they're a little bit young, but it's a young league now. And uh, if he thinks they can help them uh, get over the top, then he, he might do that. I mean, they already have Jack Hughes in the pros right now, so why not bring oh, yeah. him up? Yeah. I'm all for yeah. it, and they just got rid of Hall, so you'll see Jack Hughes being a bigger part of that <laughs> offense. So they're really going around towards that youth movement. Yeah. And I think that's what the Ducks have to do, and I'm, I'm in total agreement with you. They just got to keep playing these young guys. They got to keep getting that experience for sure. Yeah, yeah. you know, that's interesting yeah. to talk about the Taylor Hall move uh, from Jersey the Coyotes, you know, who would who would have thought? I would have thought that the Coyotes would be in first place right now. When they are, well, they're tied with the Oilers with 42 points. But I mean, that's an amazing turnaround. I'm I'm really happy for Phoenix, and uh, it's great to see some different teams above the division. Of course, we don't like to see the Ducks struggle, um, but you know, the, the the Ducks, the Kings, and San Jose are bringing up the rear, and that's that hasn't happened in a long time. Yes, it's a complete. Uh, yeah, I'm quit. so surprised that San Jose is bringing up the rear. Just they just but, they just fired their coach too. Yeah, age caught up with that team. <laughs> yeah, why? I mean, I th- th- well, I, I think it's age and salary cap. If you look at the Kings and you look at the Blackhawks, uh, you know, teams these days are forced to sign long-term deals for their star players, and when it gets to be the end of their contract, they're they're hamstrung. I mean, you look at Chicago; they've got four or five players, uh, probably three on the D line, that are past their prime. You know, I think that uh, Kane and Taze are still playing at a high level, uh, but uh, when you have those type of contracts, and there's a lot of them, then you can't re- uh, refill your coffers. Totally agreement. I- just to touch back on the Coyotes, I mean, they, they for so long, were so bad. I mean, like, I if you think of all the years that they've been really bad, they haven't been good since, like, they had Jeremy Roenick. Like, I, I can't yeah. remember a team since then that they really have been good. For them to be good now, it's really great. And I think they just got new ownership. Correct me if I'm wrong. I think there's a I new believe you're right, yeah. There. So I, I'm glad to see them investing in the team because they were thinking about moving. And um, I know with the expansion team going to Seattle, it's really good to see that more teams are coming to the West Coast, and yeah. we're seeing dominant hockey in the West Coast. Yeah. Um, obviously not from the Ducks and the Kings' perspective, but that's because of retooling. Kings are a different story. They're kind of a mess right now. But uh, Absolutely a mess, yeah. Same yeah. same problem as Chicago, uh, salary cap issues. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's, that's the biggest thing. And the Ducks, I mean, pretty good with the salary cap. They got a lot of young players that are playing for really good contracts. So, I mean, we'll see. I, I still like them. I mean, I think you look at Cal. Calgary, who's in the that eight spot right there, right, is minus nine in goal differential. So yeah. I, I don't think that they'll hold up on that. 
I think if the Ducks can turn it around, they can find themselves in that eighth spot. And it's it's a it's a yeah. marathon, not a sprint. Do you think that that is a viable and kind of a realistic expectation for them to meet this year? I, I do. I mean, I think that's what Bob set out from day one, is he wanted to be competitive for that last spot, and they're not where he wants them to be. They started hot the first four or five games, and the uh, reality caught up with them, and, you know, unfortunately Silver, or not Silver, but Hampus and, uh, and Manson were out for quite a while, and that really hurt them in terms of their ability goal differential, but uh, if they can keep all their guys healthy and on the ice, um, they have so much depth on the offensive side, I think they're going to be okay. Defensively, they need to stay healthy back there. I definitely think it's realistic that they, they can compete for that last spot when it comes down to the last month. I think they can. I think as the season progresses, and, and even with this road trip that's coming up, the four, four games on the road, I think that's that's a good just a, a team-building concept a, a, to build that camaraderie, you know, the guys being together and, and facing a little bit of adversity. That's a tough road trip to be on the East Coast here. Was it Philly? And you got New York for a doubleheader in New Jersey, so... Yep, yep. You know, all good teams. So, well, New Jersey's been a little bit disappointing, but um, yeah, but still, it's always tough to play on the road. But I, I think you're right. The team building there and their young young team. It's a nice long trip before Christmas. I think they're going to be motivated, um, and they played well on the road. You know, that's a good thing. Sometimes teams play actually will do better on the road because there's less distractions than when you're at home. Yep, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, what do you uh, guys think the biggest team disappointment this year has been in the NHL? Ooh, I think that's the San Jose Sharks for me. I, th- I just everything that happened to them last year and how good that they, they've been in years past for them to just kind of go off a cliff. It's it's actually it's really sad to see, but it's kind of weird at the same time knowing that they were so good last year. So I'd go San Jose Sharks. Yeah, I agree with you on the San Jose San Jose Sharks. They were in it was a couple years ago. They're in the Western Conference Finals, and that's when Vegas upset them and went all the way to the finals, and then the Capitals won. You could also make the argument for the Kings, too, with everything that's happened with them, with uh, Ilya Kovalchuk and everything that's been going on with them. Yeah, that's that you could make the case for them, too. But who do you have, Mark? Um, I'm going to go to the Eastern Conference, and I'm going to say I'm absolutely shocked that Tampa Bay has fallen off the cliff. Oh yeah, um, they're they're way down. You know the Capitals and the uh, Boston Bruins are up there on top in terms of points, but the Tampa Bay has got thirty five points. That, that's unbelievable the talent they have on that team. That team lost in the first round last last year, and I thought they were a sure thing to go to the Cup Finals. And to fall off that clip uh, with the talent they have on that roster and the money they spent on that roster is shocking to me. Hey, yeah, that was really shocking because they they have a good team. They're just not good for whatever reason. The record isn't indicating that. Just sometimes you may have all the talent in the world if they're not playing together. You know that's where they got to make a move. Yeah. With the Ducks, they're just very young. I mean, yes, you get yeah, and they get sprinkled in with some good veterans that, to help them out. But like you say, you know, the salary cap does play a role in it, yeah. and it's like Getzloff. You know, are they going to keep him after next year? You know, I, so. I think that I think the Ducks would be smart if they kept him. Obviously, if you watch him play this season, he's playing at an extremely high level. He dominates play when he's on the ice. Um, he is the captain. He is the veteran. They need him out there. And I think uh, would they go to a short-term contract? Maybe. Um, I would if the money cap-wise is not too egregious. Or they could go the, the route of the San Jose Sharks and do the Joe Sorton thing, which is go to year to year. You know, yeah. I think Joe's yeah. 40 now, and they've done that for the last five years probably. So um, maybe they'll do that. I think Getzloff wants to stay here. His kids are here. They play youth hockey. And um, I think he wants to stay here, and I think the ownership probably wants to keep him. So we'll see. I think it comes down to the salary cap. Um, I tell you what, guys, I would love to be in uh, their boardroom and see that uh, cap 
slot because you know they've signed up their veteran guys uh, into mid-range contracts and they've got the young guys coming up so how do they see this roster ferreting out to keep everybody in the salary slots they think they're going to be in and uh, develop the young guys to keep everybody together I think that's the key if you're a general manager or president of the organization negotiating that cap in the future three or four years out seeing that crystal ball that's the key to building NHL rosters and making them successful yeah that's yeah that's a really good point because you looked at how we've signed long-term campus Lindholm we locked up all these yeah. guys in the future and seeing the young talent that they have they're going to get locked up the the ducks are willing to spend money on the talent that they have and yeah. grow homegrown talent we've seen it in the past for sure I think for as far as Ryan Getzloff, he can play till whenever he wants to retire. And then the last game that he plays, he deserves to have his jersey in the rafters. That is Mr. Oh, Duck right there. Yes. You know? like he's, he's been my favorite player. He's such a good person for the community. He's such a great like leader. You know, He deserves to play until he doesn't want to play. And the Ducks should just you know, give him what he wants to a certain extent. But you know, that's the guy. You know, that's that's the face of our franchise still. I agree. Yeah. He's really grown up. I mean, I've literally seen him grown up. When I, I live in Lisa Viejo, and, and he lived over here when he was uh, 21, 22, and I'd always see him <laughs> in some old used Mercedes tool up to juice it up and get his juice in the morning, and nobody knew who he was. <laughs> he had a little bit more hair back then, but um, it's just funny to see him mature the way he has, and he's a great player, and we're, we're lucky to have him. Yeah, there's another young player I know you were you're, you're telling me about was uh, Troy Terry. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Uh, how's, how's he been? Has he kind of been up and down? I know he's had an extraordinary college career. I know he won a gold medal for the USA yep. team. Yep. Uh, he is, he's the real deal. Um, out of all those players, probably the highest expectations could be on him. Um, uh, although the kid from Canada, Comtois, is, is pretty special, too. I mean, they all these guys are good. And let's not overlook Devin Shore. He's been back and forth, and there hasn't been a lot of consistency with him. And, and Koshay has already proven he can be a 20-goal scorer. So you look at that roster, and we're sprinkled with guys who have proven, either in the past in the NHL or in the lower levels, that they're, they're high-level scorers. So once that starts to click and those players get it, we're going to be good. The other thing I like about Dallas Eakins, we're talking about offense for a minute, is that you know he's giving follow the green light this year to, to score, and, and, and Cam has six goals already. Oh wow! And um, I think that's great. You know, you look at Lindholm. Lindholm's been hurt. Uh, he had his first goal the other night, which was a big goal for that's us. Huge. And um, I, I just like the style of play, letting guys play and play the way they can play. So you know, if Holzer and Larson and Delzato can t- continue to develop, and um, the kid we traded for, I can't say his name, Gubitstron, we'll be okay. We'll be okay. But, you know, good offense takes pressure off the defense, right? Yes, it does. That's definitely true. Yes, it does. We've had a couple games where we've been trapped in our own zone and we've been chasing the puck. Um, When we're chasing it down low, um, it's a much different game. You know, just another interesting stat I heard uh, the other day, and it it really makes sense. uh, Hockey doesn't really keep a stat for rebounds, but they say after a goal shot off the rebound, 37% goals are made off of rebounds. Well, I believe it. I've always been to promote it. Get, Get pucks to the net. Yeah. The pucks and that good things happen, create traffic, and, uh, you know, it doesn't matter if it's a cheap goal. A goal is a goal. Exactly. A goal is a goal. It, is, it doesn't matter how they get it. The one thing I look at as the Ducks game as they progress is that, and I think if you guys have looked at this stat early in the season or you watch it game to game, is that you look at the shots on goal. And early in the season, um, we were getting outshot uh, handily 2-1 to one in, in the early games. But we're still hanging in there. Right. If you look at the trend now, uh, that's evening up, and sometimes we're ahead. And so we're sustaining more offensive pressure and getting more shots on goal, pucks than that. So um, I think that that's been a large 
large improvement for us. I think the biggest area improvement offensively that we can make is our power play. It's been, uh, uh, I hate to say it, but it's been pretty atrocious. Yeah, it's been really bad. But I think you, you also touched on something. Is like we were getting outshot 2-1, to one, right? Why, yeah. why were we in those games? I think you know the answer. Yeah, John Gibson. John Gibson. Yes, Thank Gibby. You, John yeah. Gibson. Do you? Where would you rank him? I know you. You talked earlier about the. Is he top three? Who are the other top three? And uh, in what order? I gotta give so this. Hard. I, I gotta yeah. give you the hard questions, Mark. Well, j- Jiggy. There are so many good guys out there, but um, I, you know, it's hard to. It's hard. It's hard to look at the goalies in the league because if if you have a really talented team in front of you, then there's less pressure on the goalie to make plays to keep you in the game. So I, I think we're a young team, and obviously that position. That's why they locked them up to uh, a very long very lucrative contract for Gibson and his family, which I think he deserves. Um, but they locked him up because they know he's 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 definitely top tier. I like the kid down in Tampa. Uh, he's young also. Uh, but then again, look who he's got playing in front of him. Um, so probably not a fair comparison. I think out of all the younger goalies in the league, I think he's the best. For me, I'd probably go one, Ben Bishop, two, Frederick Anderson, three, John Gibson. Wow. That's, that's my, you I would get Freddie up there, huh? Yeah, I do. I, I really like him. But then again, I do have some duck bias. So <laughs> I would agree with that. He was a great goalie for us. And, but I think we did the smarter thing by uh, hanging our hat on Gibson instead of giving him the long-term big money. And where would you rank Gibson in terms of the all-time greats goaltenders? Because we've had a lot of them here. Where would you rank Just him? Just in, in Ducks? In Ducks, Ducks for the Ducks? Oof. Um, number two. Obviously, number two, Jiggy's wow. number one. Um, I think he's number two. We've had a lot of good guys between the pipes, but uh, obviously, uh, he's, he's something special. You know, I, I think the, the knock on Gibby has been, you know, he's been a little bit soft in some games where he, we could have been uh, better mentally and uh, didn't show up. Uh, but he was young, and I think he's matured. He's uh, a different guy than he was when he first came up. He's got a couple seasons under his belt, and you can see that he continues to improve his craft every year, and he will be a strong leader on this team as we move forward. And that's definitely going to be needed for the Ducks. It's, I, I get it. You know, a goalie can get frustrated when they don't have the help, if you don't have the defensive help. But the oh, Ducks yeah. seem to be in the middle of the pack on defense. You know, so there's definitely a lot of room for improvement. And I know you you were saying earlier that they did give up some defensive men to get other players. And so hopefully these younger guys can kind of fill in the role and, you know, clean up some of the stuff like the, especially the turnovers on the on the wrong side of the ice. Oh, the, yeah. that, that That's what's kind of killed them and some yeah, games. yeah, you got to control that neutral zone. Yes, absolutely. All right, we're getting Go ahead. we're getting close, so you know I <laughs> I love to make hot takes on the show and and look into the. Nostradamus. That's all about the hot takes. I'm all Mark. about the Nostradamus hot takes. You know, you got to look into your crystal ball. Who do you like in the Stanley Cup Finals? <laughs> <laughs> wow! Yikes! Um, well, right now I, I think. They they got soft for a couple games there. I think Boston is on a mission. Uh, I think it's going to be the Bruins and the the Capitals coming uh, on the Eastern Conference. And right now, if you look at the Western Conference, you know the Blues are they're playing lights out. They're playing like defending defending champions. So um, you kind of kind of look at the Jets hanging in there. Um, um, So if I had to pick two right now, I'd pick uh, the Bruins and I'd pick the Bruins uh, the Blues to go back again. Those are good picks. I like it. I like it. Kevin, you got picks? I say for the Final Four, you know, I agree on the Eastern Conference, the Bruins, the Capitals. Capitals are a very physical team. And then on the Western Conference, the Blues, my hot take, the Ducks. Oh, I knew it. I'm I'm crazy. I'm crazy. (laughs) That'll be my Final Four. 
<laughs> I do love it. You never know what could happen. It just—it's like you said last year with the Blues. You know, they were a, a, had a losing record, and then all of a sudden they got hot <laughs> and go all the way to win the championship. How I does can, that happen? I, I can totally see it. Uh, give me Boston and the Arizona Coyotes. I like it. Ooh, I like, I like that. That would be fun. That would be a fun That'd be a matchup. lot of fun. Yeah. Well, another good young team is the Avalanche. Don't overlook them. They've they've uh, they played very well this year. So. Oh yeah, with McKinnon, yeah, they're right there. They're knocking that? all the door. That you know they could they're easily good. overtake the Blues. There's so much hockey yet to be played. Yeah. There's a lot. Yeah. You know we're we're almost at the halfway point. Yeah, I think that Western Conference is really wide open. You look at a lot of people close in points in that top uh, six. You know, forty-eight to forty-one points, top six teams right now. So. Um, yeah, it's going to be fun to watch, particularly uh, after after the new year. That's when it really gets serious. Yes, you know, like I said, I really love uh, their, their new coach. I, I love the, that they went in that direction, and you know, it's like you said, it's created a very exciting, you know, brand of hockey, and you know, and it's I, I notice you know, being at the stadium, it's just it's it's a fun environment to be yeah. in. It's fun. You you know that they're going to compete every night, right? They're going to be fun right. to watch. So. It's a lot different than last season. Yes, I know that. They were mired in so much, you know, and these guys were great players. Kessler, Perry, Eves were great players, but, you know, with their injuries and their age and the the new style of hockey, um, you know, they were holding on to the past a little bit there and killing them salary cap-wise, and it was time to make the youth movement happen. And Bob had the faith in Dallas Eakins to do it, and they've done it. And uh, it may be a little bit painful right now because they're not where they want to be in terms of points and standings, but I think if they stay the course, they'll be there at the end of the season. They will. They will. And it's just fun. This is a fun time to be a Ducks fan. Is Okay, they started at ground zero, and now you – or retool, if you will. But watch this team come together. And when they actually start to come together and they start getting better and better and you know their offense starts to click and the defense will get a little bit better, like you said, you want to take the you know pressure off of Gibby. He does a, a fantastic job. But yeah. it just will just make the whole team stronger than anything can happen. You know, and then these and when these young guys start to get confidence, anything can happen. Yeah, I, I agree. I agree. You know, we're again on the offensive side. We're loaded. You know, unfortunately, miss a big body and some experience in Nick Ritchie not being out there for a month or so. But you know, they just backfill. And you know the San Diego goals are the Anaheim Ducks. <laughs> They're one and the same. <laughs> they, they, people back and forth, up and down the freeway, and it's working out for them. Yeah, by me. The goals, I know they're they're a great team. Well, speaking yeah. of youth hockey, how how are your boys doing? So I, I know they're in. A- <laughs> Thanks for asking. Yes. I have a 12-year-old and a 15-year-old. The 12-year-old plays for the AA Pee-wee Gold Rush, and he goes to a new hockey academy at Great Park Ice. Oh, wow. Uh, called yeah. Optimo Hockey Academy run by Alex Kim and Craig Johnson. Craig's son was the number, the last draft pick in the first round for the Buffalo Sabres. So he gets to skate every day with those guys, and that's been great for him. Then my 15-year-old plays at Jay Sarah. He's a freshman. He starts on the varsity and plays for the Artesia California Wave, AA Midgets, and he's doing good, although he's out for two months with a fractured collarbone. So uh, a little yeah. bit of depression there, but it's a lot of fun. I get to travel all over and watch the boys play, and uh, we have a lot of hockey friends in the community. They're all great people, and um, it's great. It's great to see a lot of those families, kids be successful, and, and uh, it's a great environment. Isn't it awesome that that they've just built up hockey in Southern California. Oh, yeah. That's awesome. And you yeah, you know what, man? You have to credit the, the Ducks owners, Henry and Susan, to making that commitment. You know, that Great Park Ice facility, if you haven't been out there, you got to go out there. It's amazing. It costs them $120 million, but it is state-of-the-art and everything like that. And they built classrooms in there. There's two hockey academies out there already. I, I heard there's going to be a third one this next year, and yeah. I think that you're going to start to see some uh, teams build up on the West Coast, who right now all the, the hockey is on the East Coast, but uh, there's definitely a trend moving this way, and and, uh, you know, you look on the Ducks AAA uh, 
18U team last year. They had three guys drafted, two guys in the first round and a guy in the second round. So there's a lot of great youth hockey talent on the West Coast. Oh, spoken so well. Where's that facility you said? I, I missed that. It's, uh, great it's, park in, it's in Irvine by the Great Park. Oh, by the oh, the Great Park. That's why I thought. Okay, right okay. Yeah, yeah. That's And, and yeah. the 28th and 29th of December, they've actually got some D1 hockey out there. It's going to be pretty exciting. Um, Arizona State against Harvard. And uh, Arizona State has uh, Scott Niedermeyer's, one of his sons on that roster. So that'll oh, be wow. a fun thing to watch. So uh, they've got it in rink four, and there's about uh, seats, three or 4,000 people, and probably a couple of seats left. They're 10 bucks a piece. So do your boys compete against one? another like oh, yeah. for bragging yeah. rights yeah because I, I figure what uh, Jaden's the younger one right yeah he, he thinks he can compete with the older ones but uh, <laughs> he's not quite there yet but he will be but you gotta uh, like be, that be fight in the weight room every day for a 12 year old uh, gives you a little bit of confidence <laughs> oh absolutely it's just that fightiness you know it, oh yeah you know yeah. always having that big brother it, it just brings the best out of you yeah it does yeah it, it does him that's for sure he's competitive that's that is his life right now so it's a lot of fun to watch him grow up around the rink it's uh it was great when the tech gucks won the cup in 07. Jaden was born. He was three weeks old and he was there. <laughs> with earmuffs on, but he was there. <laughs> he was there. He was definitely there. Yeah, yeah that, he was was there. A, that was a great series. And even the one before that, I think that's the one that uh, Jaguera won the MVP. Oh, yeah. 2003. Yeah, it's just... It's, yeah, they lost game seven in Jersey. That was tough. Yeah. It's like every home team won that game. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's a lot of fun. The youth hockey is a lot of fun. My, my uh, Their nephew, my wife's twin sister's son plays hockey, and so he's going to Jay Sarah next year, Nolan, and and hopefully the Jaden will go there. So by the time they're seniors, they can all play on the same line. That would be a lot of fun. That would be a lot of fun. Freshman, senior, and <laughs> that would be cool. No, so I enjoy it. So you guys are going to have to come out to a game with me. Absolutely. We'll pick that. a game where we know they're going to win. <laughs> I don't know. Well, I, could be I, you know I, I know. After we'll see how how this road trip goes, but you know, I think they could beat. So, there, there was a, a game I had an eye on. What might see them take on the Blue Jackets? You know, beat up on, yeah. on, on one of my old Ohio teams. I, I'm not really a Columbus fan. Well, I'm a answer, Cincinnatian. My answer is the Ducks could win every game. Oh, I love it! I love it. <laughs> I am looking at the schedule. I like the Arizona game on the 29th. Ooh. Oh, I that could be, be a good game. Yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. Originally, I thought Tampa Bay would be good, but that Arizona game with the Taylor Hall trade, that could be an interesting game. Ooh. They are looking good. I do like the Coyotes a lot. Me too. Not as much as I love the Ducks. No, just to touch on what you said earlier, Mark, though, I do like the youth movement in a sense of all the youth hockey. You know how it's really sprung up because you think about it. Twenty years ago, did we have this much youth hockey? No, it, no, it's, it's, we it's, haven't. It's, it's come out of nowhere. It's, it's amazing too. We go to these tournaments and and the West Coast teams, people laugh at them. They say, "Shouldn't, shouldn't you be surfing?" Yeah. <laughs> well, yeah, we can surf and play hockey in the same day. Yeah, That's the beauty. The and go skiing. So uh, our only problem out here is we don't have enough ice. But uh, seemingly no. they're building more ice, and that's all good. So, but you know, there's a lot of ice rinks all up and down the coast. You'd be surprised. Um, and it's a lot of fun. Yeah, it'd be nice if we could have outdoor ice rinks. Well, we probably could today, but, you know, it is Southern uh, California. Yeah, yeah. The pond hockey is pretty cool, though. The boys have been back to the Midwest and East Coast and going out and played pond hockey, and they don't last too long in that environment. <laughs> no. No, I wouldn't yeah. It's just the cold gets you after a while, you know. Yeah, the frostbite gets them. They kill yeah. them. I know. Yeah, they're not used to that. Every winter, like, you know, when we were coming up, I know you're Chi-Town and – you that's know, right. The, the ears, the nose, the toes are the first to go. That's right. That's right. <laughs> the, 
Then after a while, you just get used to it. You just you just learn to deal with the pain. <laughs> you do, and it is pain, right? It is. It is. Well, Mark, thank you so much for joining hey, us. Thanks, you know, give us give us the I appreciate insight. You uh, let me come on and schmack it with the ducks. It's my favorite thing, except for yeah. my kids playing. Uh, so it's, it's it's a blessing to be on. And you guys have a great holiday season. And uh, let's try and get into that Coyotes game, okay? Definitely right. be, be definitely be my New Year's resolution. That's for sure. Okay, <laughs> we All love right. having you on, Mark. Thank you. Thanks, Matt. All right. Bye, Kev. All right, take care, Mark. Well, that was uh, Mark Dean. He is Ah. the number one Ducks fan. He's had season tickets since inception. Since inception. Number one Ducks fan. Yeah, we, yeah. He he knows so much about hockey, and and you could just tell the passion behind it, and you could just learn a whole lot about Ducks hockey or NHL in general just from listening. We could have talked for hours. I mean, you probably had so many you know great stories, but I wanted to get you know the gist of what's going on with the Anaheim Ducks, and and there you have it. This is a very exciting team to watch. And I went to a game, you know, earlier this year, and 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 he's and he's right, you know, we definitely have to go to a game. I know you'll be up north there for the holidays. Yeah, I'll be up north for the holidays, but yeah. But next week, ladies and gentlemen, we'll have our annual Christmas uh, tradition here. Steph Mafia will be back on for the fourth time, and we talk opening basketball. Last year we talked about the you know how great the Warriors are. This year. We finally get to talk about the Lakers. Uh, yeah. it, uh, what goes around comes around. Yeah. But do you know who Forbes uh, Forbes named as the what? Uh, let me preface this. Forbes named what? The Forbes named the best ran franchise of the decade. Do you know what that team was? I would have to say Golden State Warriors. Golden State Warriors. I got to recognize on Saturday night, some history was made with the UC Irvine men's basketball team. They broke school record. points. Are you kidding me? Yeah, they scored 120 to 63. They beat the railroad team, the Pacific Union. Oh, my God. <laughs> yeah. <that>. yeah. <laughs> Is there college in a train station? It could be. It could be the Pacific Union. Do they? Do they? I know a uh, college station is Texas A and M, but are they train station? Well, this is a unique unique thing about playing out here in the Big West. <laughs> yeah, you get you get, you get some teams. you get some unique schools, but Cal Baptist has a, a really good basketball program. I just think UC Irvine in that game just. Ah, it just—it was just a tough game. The three ball just wasn't going. Um, they may may rely a little too heavy on that, but but Cal Baptist was defending really well. They were, and I think they also learned what Eastern Michigan was doing to UCI in the first half, which kind of gave them a little bit of trouble. So it was running that was it the two three zone where they had the three on the inside and two on the outside. Mm-hmm. So trying to deny the post presence. Yeah, that's what UCI likes to do. They really focus on because we've got a couple big guys. They love to get the ball down low. You know, get those high percentage shots and and have more of a fluid offense where you, you can pass to the cutter, someone's cutting to the basket, kick it out for the three-point shot. I mean, there's a lot of options. Yeah. You know, that, it's kind of like running the football and then passing. That's what you kind of have to do yeah. against the 2-3 zone is you have to have ball cuts, you have to have good jump shots, you have to have a whole bunch of things because if you can't move the zone and if you can't get them out of the right spots, you're not going to beat it. I mean, 120, let's go back to 120 Yeah, 120 points. to 63 was the final That means everyone was just cooking. Like yeah. that, and this is a team that we've we've said, you know, they could be a good offensive team this entire year. We saw Colin Velt coming through with a you know a huge game against uh, 
when they were in the Las Vegas tournament against, I think it was the Running Rebels, right? Yes. No. Okay, yeah. Or the Raging Cajuns. The Raging the Cajuns. Run, run the Raging Cajuns, because yeah. I was thinking Las, Las Vegas. Anyways, yeah. we've seen them shoot really well in games. I think this is a new-look UCI team than we've seen in years past. I mean, the team that went into the tournament was a really great defensive team. They were amazing defensively. Well, we got but, a lot of a lot of know, youth youth on this. Well, that's college, but I mean a lot of freshmen. Yeah, uh, one hundred and twenty points. You score one hundred and twenty points on a given night. You are Aiden Krause had a, had a had a big game, and that's the the kid that's from Australia. Yeah. So we had a, a couple guys that are from Australia that are now they're playing this year. They're doing really well. So it's just as as we continue, kind of like the Ducks. As the season continues to progress, they start to get better. The camaraderie is better. These guys you know start to feel each other out. Where each person's going to be, and they defend really well. That's one thing I love about the coach Russell Turner's teams. All his teams, they defend so well, and that's what they build it on. They their offense builds off their defense, and then having that low post game. So it's still kind of old fashioned basketball, but with new age style to it. Yeah, I think they are a really good basketball team. Big West play is the uh, the where we're really going to see how good they are, and that's where it's really going to dictate, you know, what we we see from them. Because like, if you could play the Life Pacifics and the Pacific Unions and any Pacific that is, you know, not really good at basketball, but once you get in the Big West play, that's when the you know the People strap up their shoe. They put their mouth guards in. That's when it really gets starts to get more, yeah. a little bit more physical. The comp- competition starts to rise a little bit, and you know that's where teams in those three games in the Honda Center. That's when we really find out, you know, a lot about different teams. Right, Is right. You, you have to go through and play three straight games. Just the NBA three alone. Three straight games. Three straight back games. To back to back to back to back to back. You don't see that in the NBA anymore. No. So it's like that, that's big boy basketball. Like you're you're not you're not sitting on. And that's just management. to punch your ticket to get into the big dance. And then when you're in the NCAA tournament, you play two games per week, and it's and you get a day off in between. Yeah, so you get a little bit more less of a load. Yeah, but yeah. But anyway, congrats to our UC Irvine men's basketball team. But real quick, I'm going to give them my power five. All right, number big. five, Patriots. Go four Seahawks. Fire. Three Saints. Two Ravens. And my new number one team, which I think will be in the Super Bowl for the AFC, is the Kansas City Chiefs. I'm riding the Mahomes train. Oh, gosh. All right. Okay, I will go. your power five, and we'll close out the show. My power five. Coming up, give me your power five. I will give the power five. Five, Bills, four. Uh, I will put the Ravens at four. Crazy Ravens at four. Three, Seahawks, two, Niners, one, Chiefs. <laughs> well, Matt, have a Merry Christmas up north. And to you as well. And uh, next week, like I said, we're going to have a fantastic show, our Christmas Day special. Where of can all you the... find us? You can find us on KUCI.org. Sports Matters. All Sports Matters.